Yep, going cash. Welcome to the uh, Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee, Monday, April 16th. I'm so glad you're able to join me here uh, this morning. Uh, I'm owner of Trade Show Guy Exhibits, a project management company here in Salem, Oregon. Also uh, have run the Trade Show Guy blog for coming up on 10 years. I think the first post was either November or December of 2008. Like 700 posts. Although I know some people that have done, you know, five or 10 times that in the same amount of time. So... Probably not something I should brag about it. But, you know, consistency for its own sake, I guess. Hey, a couple of housekeeping notes before we get to today's uh, fun interview. First, um, set a release for May 1st for my new book, Trade Show Superheroes and Exhibiting Zombies. Uh, so watch for an announcement. Uh, I'll be uh, doing that in both paperback and Kindle version on Amazon. If you are on my newsletter or if you're on the TradeshowSuperheroes.com newsletter, uh, you'll get notified when that comes out. Although May 1st is, you know, May Day, big day. It's coming up. You probably remember that, but I'm going to remind you anyway. Uh, so interestingly enough, on a related note, I just found out uh, this morning when I'm recording this a couple days before that Thunderclap, I was planning to do a Thunderclap. That's where you get a bunch of people to sign up and they would be offering up the use of their social media platforms. And so you combine, you know, 100 people, 200 people with all their social media platforms. And that one announcement goes out to you know, a couple hundred thousand people or 500,000 people. Well, <laughs> Thunderclap's a cool place, but they just changed some of the rules because Twitter changed some of their rules. So thanks to those rule changes, they cannot promote a commercial entity on their platform, like a book. I know so many people have done books using uh, Thunderclap, and I'm not able to do that. So that's kind of weird, but that's the case. Uh, so I'm looking for other ways to promote it uh, maybe there's other platforms that allow you to do that. I, I don't know. We'll find out. So um, that'll be interesting to see how that develops. But nonetheless, the book is coming out very, very soon. I, I did get my print proof. Take a selfie. <laughs> uh, looks pretty good. It's kind of cool. It's actually longer than my first book by, I don't know, 20 pages or so. So it's like ever so slightly thicker. Hmm. I guess thick is good. All right, so that's uh, the thing. So got a fun interview today with designer and booth builder and all-around good guy John Paul Davidson, uh, J or JP as we like to call him, or he likes to be called, of Boothster, which is a company that he has founded years ago out of Portland. We'll find out more about this. There's how that uh, interview went. It is my pleasure to speak with John Paul Davidson of Boothster. Uh, JP, nice to see you this morning. Welcome to the Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Thanks, Tim. Great to see you. And, uh, you know, we've known each other for years. We're in the sort of same area. I'm in Salem. You're in Portland uh, here in Oregon. And so we, we cross paths and, and we've done a project or two together, which is, which is kind of fun. But uh, a lot of people may not know what Booster is, or maybe they do. Well, let's, let's learn what Booster is, first of all. Tell us about that. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, I started the company uh, in May. It'll be 11 years. And, um, uh, you know, we, our, our, our specialty really is, is we... we uh, do well full service design through fabrication through shipping but our specialty is uh is um is green materials really is kind of what our, our niche is and we'll occasionally do other things but that's kind of what we've made our name uh about so yeah so why, why did you pick that i'm just curious why why green was there was there a market for that at the time or was that something that you thought that uh would would get attention uh, there, there must have been a reason to you went that that area so strongly yeah i mean there were there were a few reasons i mean in 2007 is when i kind of got the got it going and um i 
um, had been in the industry, either you know, retail, environmental design, and also trade show booth design for many years. And I, I loved the design side of it, but I, I, I just always felt bad about how much waste there was in the industry. And so I, you know, I, I just kept thinking, God, it'd be great to be able to do all booth, you know, booths out of green materials. And then I started to get a sense for that. I had a feeling there would be a market demand for it. And I built a website. I just kind of scratched out a website and thought, you know, I'm going to just give this a shot and um, uploaded it. And to my surprise, started getting traction. And it's been one project after another um, of, you know, companies that want to they want to do that. So it's, it's been, it's been nice. And you know, the other main reason is, you know, when you start a company, you want to have some kind of a niche, something that's, that's different, you know? And so there was marketing value there and just, and just focusing on that. And that was basically the impetus of it. Just that, you know, I grew up being sustainable and green and everything. And, um, and it's, it's been fun to, you know, to see them that the, there are companies that want to do that and organizations too. So, yeah. Well, I think I ran across you shortly after you started it and I saw a couple of projects that you did that were, were basically these large stout cardboard tubes making shelves and, and struts and, and back walls and things like that. And I thought, how unique is that? Uh, it does fit a lot of exhibitors. I think that, that they want to use that uh, to, you know, tout their, their green creds as it were. And so you started with things like that. What other materials came into play? Well, um, cardboard tubes was one of the first certainly. And, um, you know, we, we found a bunch of those in Argentina on a project, you know, at this print company, we were looking for green printing and we just saw this huge pile of these really stout shipping tubes and um, you know, Dan Lococo, the designer I work with, um, and I looked at those and were like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? We ended up building <laughs> this big booth in Argentina out of cardboard tubes and the client loved it. And we just started t- turning that into a system. And then we, we've, you know, we've integrated like um, recyclable pet bottle panels, um, uh, um, you know, Falcon boards material you probably worked with um, that's a, a cardboard printable material. Um, we're, we're, you know, bamboo uh, plywood is one. Uh, soy glue plywood is another one that's now, um, you can get that at Home Depot um, now. It's turning into a ubiquitous material. It's, it's um, soybeans uh, that they make a, a glue enzyme out of soybeans somehow um, and, and, and have replaced formal, formaldehyde-based uh, glue and plywoods. Um, so that's, you know, some of the main materials we use. And we, you know, a recycled bin friendly banner material with latex ink is another one that we hmm. started to use. So I'm just always, you know, looking for what's innovative and green and also cost effective. And, and I just try to, you know, integrate it into every project that I can really. So. Do you, do you, uh, and I would presume you repurpose materials as well. I'm just thinking uh, I've seen a booth uh, keen shoes out of, uh, yeah. out of Portland uses, I think a Portland company, I'm not even sure which one they use, but they, their booth, which is huge. I've seen it at out the retailer a few times is nothing but repurposed materials or, or 90% of it. And they'll take old guitars and turn them upside down and make tables out of them and, and car hoods and make you know chairs or whatever. I mean, they just, it's very creative stuff and you can repurpose wood and all sorts of things. Do you, do you look at that much or is that, is that maybe on an occasional basis? Um, yeah, we've done a fair amount of that type of, you know, and that, Keen, that Keen booth is, is one of the coolest ones I've seen in, in past years. And um, yeah, we, we repurpose, uh, you know, that we have some um, reclaimed lumber yards that we go to, to get that kind of material, you know, weathered wood. Um, 
And we also, you know, we have a, a cradle to cradle model where we, we try to reuse actual materials from previous projects. So, so you know, if I have several she partial sheets of, of uh, you know, actually, here's one right here. Uh, <laughs> we can do this for on video, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this is this is probably a little bit too small to do anything with, but it's basically a, a, a cut sheet that from a slice of bamboo plywood, you know, and I'll try to integrate that into the next project, you know, so you may not, you may not, when you, you see it in the actual booth, you may not know that it's reclaimed, but, but, but it is, you know, and it, it's, it's cost effective to do that, but it's also, you know, a good conversation piece. The clients get excited about that and stuff. So, but it can be a unique aesthetic with the way they used it in Keen, where it's like a, like you said, like a, a, a used guitar or something like that. And, um, so it can be fun to do that for the right brand for sure. You know? and, 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 and your designer, uh, you know, you, you've been a designer for a long time. Is that, you consider yourself more of a designer than a builder or just kind of you integrate both of them? Well, I, I guess, I, I guess, um, we are more focused on, on the design side of it and that, that front end of, of the project. And, um, you know, we just have a small shop and we, we do sub out a lot of our work because, the, you know, the, if the work gets real specialized and you need, you know, specific uh, equipment and whatnot, you know, it makes sense to, to subcontract that out often. Um, so, so yeah, I'd say we're more, more front end design oriented as, as a small company. You know, out of curiosity, is since you are coming in from the aspect of recycled materials and 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 kind of reclaimed materials, uh, does that keep costs down, or is it about comparable with what um, what a brand new you know when they're using brand new materials? Do you, do you find much sense of that? Yeah, I mean, um, for the most part, uh, the the pricing of of green materials can be comparable to 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 quote unquote standard or, or new materials. Um, in some cases, it's less. Um, we're, the booths we're doing out of cardboard tubes now, we're able to do for for less even than say uh, you know an extr typical extruded aluminum system. Um, and um, but on occasion, they can certainly be more because some of the materials are specialized and have an aesthetic quality that's pretty amazing. I mean, bamboo plywood, for example, is probably um, you know, can be twice as much in material cost as, um, say, a, a birch plywood. Um, but it, it's, it's pretty negligible. You know, I think that it's a bit of a misnomer these days that a green booth has to be more expensive. Um, um, you know, it, 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 there, there's such a demand for green materials that, that the material suppliers are making them in quantities that, that are allow them to, to get the prices down. So, um, and you know, we're, we're always, you know, have an eye out for that. So, you know, I kind of have a, a laundry list of materials I can go to that are pretty cost effective. So. And, and, and uh, you know, when you first came into the uh, industry with that approach uh, 11 years ago, it seems like the material costs were higher and noticeably higher. And, and I, my sense is that they've, they've, come down and, and maybe not equalize, but very close to that in, in most cases. Yeah, I think, I think that's, it's fair, fair to say that, you know, I mean, we kind of focused when I first started on the ones that I could get for lower price, but, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely coming down and it's nice to see companies and organizations focusing on it and, and making it a priority and, you know, and, and it's, you know, and, and some, even some of these larger corporations that you wouldn't think, um, are concerned about being green, you know, it's, you, you look at their corporate 
uh, documents about how they define themselves as a company and they'll often have a full chapter or page that's all about hmm. their sustainability and, and um, um, you know, and, 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 and it's a great way for companies to, to go green because, I mean, it's, you've probably seen the statistics flying around that, you know, this industry, the trade show and exhibit industry is one of the most wasteful in, in the, you know, industries out there. You know, it's up there with, with you know, you know, oil probably. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen uh, pictures of shows overseas. I don't think they would do that here in the States, but where they use a booth once and they just trash it, you know, um, you know, and I've seen pictures of just destroyed booths uh, for acres. Uh, it just, it just flabbergasts me, but you're right. And so it's great to see, you know, sustainability usual, uh, using recycled, reclaimed materials and reusing it for years and re readjusting things and making changes to get your money's worth as well as to use something as much as you can. That's great. So, yeah. 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 And I mean, and you know, we have this cradle to cradle model where we try to as much, many of the materials as possible um, are, are uh, biodegradable or reusable back into the cycle of manufacturing. And, and, um, and the aim is really the ultimate is, is biodegradable and non-toxic. So, um, you know, like, so you could, the idea is to do a booth that you can then, you could recycle as much as, as possible, but, but at the end of its life, when the materials do wear out, it'll biodegrade back into the environment. You know, that's, that's kind of the ultimate. Well, let's shift gears a little bit before we uh, wrap up, uh, JP, and that is uh, you, you do some social media, and I've seen pictures of some of your projects online, uh, and, and you know, uh, you got to admit that, that you, you, your, your, your company's uh, gotten you into some other continents and, and across uh, down. I think you went to South America at least once or twice. I know you've been uh, in, to Europe, and so you're posting online things that you've done. It's great to see. So how did you get in, how does social media work for you guys? Um, yeah, social media is is a great tool. Social media, and I guess overall online. Um, to be honest, I, I would not have been able to um, build the company were it not for uh, building a, a successful online presence in social media. Um, you know, it really does get you out there, and and um, uh, and kind of helps to define the company as a brand and tell people what you're doing. And and it's um, you know those projects that I've done, you know, in South Africa and Argentina and Korea, Japan, um, those have all been because companies have, have found us online through social media. I mean, I, we did a project at uh, Natural Products West for a company in Turkey and they found us online and it, it was, yeah, it was really cool. And they, they saw one of our previous designs and they, they loved the, the cardboard tube system and, and, uh, you know, it was just fun working with those guys. And, 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 uh, so, so yeah, it's, I, I gotta give my, uh, marketing guy a pat on the back for, you know, for kind of knowing how to, how to, how to do that. But, um, and I chip in, you know, I've, I've learned a bit myself and I do some of, some of the work myself on the social media. So, so let's, uh, how's the best way for people to find you? What's your website? Um, it's uh, boothster.com, um, B O O T H S T E R.com. That's oh. us. Recyclablebanners.com is another. Um, okay. Yeah. And if they find that, they can probably uh, latch on to your other outlets, whether it's uh, Instagram or Twitter or whatnot, I would guess from there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's are, there are links on the, the main site for that. So. Yeah. Well, JP, it's always a pleasure to see you and I appreciate you being on the uh, trade show guy, Monday morning coffee uh, video slash podcast. I, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Tim. Good to, good to talk to you. 
Hey, thanks again to JP for sharing his thoughts on this week's interview on the Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Uh, time for this week's Trade Show Tip. If I called it this week's Trade Show Tip of the Week, that would be redundant, I guess. Uh, so this is kind of a, a marketing tip, but it works for trade shows. I like it. Uh, there are times when I see trade show booth staffers all wearing like the same t-shirt, the same color t-shirt, branded collared shirt maybe. I always like to look for a couple of reasons, and I think it really works at trade shows. First of all, it's a custom shirt which means you can put any message on it. I've seen some great shirts that have messages written all across the back, which really gets your attention. I've taken pictures of some. Uh, you know, and often the message is related to something very specific to that single day at the show. Like they're promoting a specific product that day. Next day, they're changing it to another product. This is common in the food industry because they got lots of products to push. I've also seen crews change the color of those shirts each day. So by the third day, if you're walking the floor again, you're thinking, you know, I, I got to go buy that booth again and see um, what color of shirt they have and what message they're pushing. Hmm. Now, from a practical standpoint, if it's a bigger booth, the color-coded t-shirt approach tells you in an instant what people work for the company and those who don't. In fact, when you go from that booth to a neighboring booth and they're not wearing, you know, the branded t-shirt or other identifying piece of clothing, you kind of go, hmm, uh, wonder, wonder who works here, wonder wonder which one it is. So you get a little stumped and wonder who works for the company. So a branded, color-coded shirt works in a couple of ways. All right, so uh, wrap it up with this week's One Good Thing. I'm going to go back, way back, to... Uh, I've been re-watching some of the Star Trek original series. A uh, couple of episodes here, a couple there, just for fun. I, I, I remember as a kid watching them... Um, not when they first originally played, although I was around then. I was a young youngster, but they were around. I didn't really catch them until the reruns, because uh, frankly, when this may be a weird thing to admit, but when I where I grew up, there was no TV. We had no TV. We had to like play outside and stuff, and go skiing and play baseball and ride our bikes and stuff. We couldn't stay inside. But later on, uh, used to watch Star Trek. They would show like every afternoon on like four o'clock reruns for years and years on the local TV station. So that's where I got to really love Star Trek. The original series. I may have seen one or two uh, when they first aired because I got to stay overnight on occasion with a, a friend in a friend's house, like seventh, eighth, ninth grade, and they had a TV and we got to stay up late. It was late, like 10 o'clock. You know, Star Trek lasted just three years. And of course, back then they didn't call it the original series, but that's what they call it now. So Star Trek with uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy, DeForest Kelly, James Doohan, William Shatner, Nichelle Nichols. It's a great group. Uh, George Takei. They're all <laughs> terrific to see. Uh, interesting to see. And it's, it's so dated, but it's so camp. It's just great. So that's my one good thing of this week. It's great because I watch them uh, on, on uh, Amazon. They're all just archived there. You can just watch them anytime with Prime. That's it for this week's Trade Show Guy. Monday morning coffee. Tip of the hat. Tip of the old KMUZ. Local radio station, I do a reggae show every Monday night. You can stream it uh, from 6 to 8 Pacific time. It's fun. There you go. Have yourself a great week.